We want to give you an update. So uh, amazing here. The NCAA banning fans from attending games at this year's men's basketball final four. I'm Scott Van Pelt here at ESPN. This this astounding and unprecedented story continues to evolve uh, at halftime with Adrian Wojnarowski. I suggested that uh, we would speak to him soon. I had no idea that it would be this soon. He has just tweeted within the past two minutes that the NBA is suspending. Well, Rudy Gobert has tested positive for the coronavirus uh, that was learned in Oklahoma City prior to that game between the Jazz and the Thunder. Right now, the Thunder and Jazz, I'm told, are both quarantined in that arena. And the NBA has made the decision, they have just announced, that they are suspending play. And now they're having fun. Gerard, another perfect lob, this time to Sidibe. I think that my hope was that we could play the games. This could be our last game, but my hope would be for the players to get to play the games that they've worked so hard to get to where they are. We welcome you to Syracuse Basketball Podcast where we are about to recap a day that I don't think anyone could have foreseen going the way it did. Whether you talk about a basketball perspective or a life perspective, we've seen the coronavirus rapidly expand all over the world over the last week or two, probably going back a month now where this really started to escalate overseas and now of course here in America. This week, just took off to a new level. I'm here with James Zuba. I'm Bobby Manning. And James, you work in finance. You saw everything slipping the last week or two, so you probably had a greater idea of what was coming today than most people. Tonight, just to cap it off, we rapidly learned that March Madness, for now, is going to be played without fans, if it's played at all. The NBA moved to cancel fans from the Warriors game when uh, that area of San Francisco um, suggested that no gatherings over a thousand take place. By the end of the day, Rudy Gobert is testing positive for the coronavirus and the NBA postpones games for the rest of the season. Right as Syracuse is in the middle of the first half playing against North Carolina and what if the NCAA even continues at this point is going to be the last game with fans this season. So surreal seeing Syracuse out there in front of a crowd, knowing that this could be their last game of the season, that it's definitely their last time playing in front of fans of the team, and they come out and just smoke North Carolina. From the opening tip, 7 nothing. they go on and win this one a blowout. And James, I'm just, I'm sitting there like savoring every minute of this because like this is it. This is it for the foreseeable future. I'm almost certainly convinced that this is going to be the last time we see Syracuse play this year. And man, they made the most of it. They went out the way you would want them to. And against UNC, I could not have seen this coming. I thought they were going to lose this one in a blowout. Yeah, certainly a mouthful there. And, you know, as it relates to the coronavirus and, and you know, this situation, um, the ACC released a statement just prior to the Syracuse game uh, during the BC Notre Dame game and just said, you know, in light of everything going around that um, they're, they're deciding that going forward on Thursday, 
all ACC tournament games are going to be played with only essential tournament personnel, which is essentially, you know, teams, uh, coaches, players, team administrators, um, media, and it even extends to student-athlete guests, but but no fans. So we, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow as, at you know, at this point, um, you know, it's late. Uh, de- depending on your disposition, it's either late Tuesday night or early or uh, late late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning, but uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll see. You know, I saw a tweet from Matt Park. He just said that there's going to be a decision at 9:30 tomorrow on whether or not games will be played. Um, so no nothing official there yet. But uh, as you mentioned, uh, could be the last time we see Syracuse play this season. It's definitely the last time we see them play in front of fans. Um, I think even, you know, if the, the NIT goes on, I, I don't think that's going to occur um, with with fans in attendance, even if that does uh, end up happening. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I don't want to speculate too much on that. But um, as you mentioned, you know, if this is the last time we see Syracuse play, that's definitely the way you want to see them go out. Uh, they really raise their level in this game. Um, you know, we can get into what, what happened. We can dive into the details. But um, for, for right now, you know, as, as they played, 81-53 win over North Carolina that nobody really saw coming. Uh, definitely the way you want to see them go out on a positive note if that's, if that's going to be the case. And Elijah Hughes especially almost ruled out of this tournament, you would have thought, with a concussion the way it looked on Sunday, not playing in that second half. But he ends up being fine, and he comes out in this one drilling shots from the get-go, gets that three-point foul, Drills another shot shortly after that. They put some up by double digits there, and then UNC hit a couple shots inside through the middle portion of that period. But then this zone, like this is the story of this game, isn't it? The guards are rotating, cutting off some passing lanes. Quincy and Barama are cutting off Garrison Brooks at the middle and stopping shots inside. Mm-hmm. I think they stopped six straight shots in that middle period of the first. And then, of course, they go on that 15 nothing run that was just the best basketball they played all season long. Some of those stops at the basket that they got there, the turnovers they forced, they forced more turnovers on Cole Anthony, who's one of the hottest players in college basketball, than points in this one. Six turnovers, five points. And then to cap it off, Hughes hits those two jumpers in the lane to close the first half. And at that point, it's game over. It was never close again after that. And it ended up getting a 30 in the second half. Um, so surreal seeing them go down the tunnel and everybody's hands are out in the crowd. And you just see like them like locking their arms like by their side to avoid giving the high five. You, you know, they were like drilled 50 times not to interact with anyone from the crowd. And like that's the surreal thing about this game. Like everybody was so pumped in the crowd. Like, you know, they were savoring this much even more than we were. And, um, you know, the players can't even interact with the fans over it. It's just... It's tough for everybody involved what went on tonight. And fortunately, if this is Elijah's last game with the Orange and we just have no clue what his decision is going to be, where the season's going to go, he went out proving that he was one of the best players in the ACC this year, just completely outplaying Cole Anthony, who was a sweetheart of a lot of evaluators late in the year. Yeah, and not that this game is, you know, Cole versus... Um, Elijah but you know certainly good to see Elijah get first team honors you know I think they're Syracuse fans are a little bit concerned that he might have got snubbed from first team and he definitely deserved it uh led the league in scoring had a great year 
uh, 18.8 points per game coming into the night. And you got to think that's that's without, you know, one playing the NC State game. He went out in the early going there, and then he missed the second half and overtime of the Miami games. You know, maybe he doesn't get to overtime if he's in that Miami game. But, um, you know, certainly impressive what he did, you know, on the whole. And just a great game, really, from the jump. You know, came out, he was scoring, he was hitting threes. Uh, really got whatever shot that he wanted. You know, he had the two jumpers right before the half. Um, you know, and he, he came out in the second half. He kind of did the same thing. He was able to get whatever he wanted. He's making shots, making threes, um, getting getting teammates involved a little bit. And, you know, on the other side of the ball, yeah, he did outplay Cole. You know, not necessarily a one-on-one matchup or anything. Obviously, Syracuse is in the zone, and, um, you know, Cole wasn't you know, on Elijah. But, um, yeah, he had the six turnovers, as you mentioned, complete complete you know 180 from his performance that he had in the dome uh, a couple weeks a couple weekends ago and you know Syracuse just really from the jump overall as a team as you mentioned uh, I think it was the best game they've played all year they tightened it up on the defensive end they probably played the best defense that they played all year and they put up 81 points too so just all around great effort from Syracuse it truly didn't look like the same team we've watched all year like Barama throwing Mareka lob toward the end when they were just toying uh-huh. with UNC it- the lob that he caught, he's jumping up there just screaming and yelling. He had 12 points, 13 rebounds. Th- that's the story to close this season. We He got so much crap all year long and still had a few weaker games down the stretch. I, I think he had three great games out of five to close the year. The other two were a little weaker, uh, especially going against Miami on Sunday in a game that really didn't e- even mean all that much. I think it was actually Saturday, but who who cares about days at this point? The way the world's going, <laughs> uh, he he's been awesome. He's coming back next year, and suddenly you feel just a little bit better about him being that center option next year, depending on what happens with the transfer market. Yeah, no doubt. Um, he closed the year on a really strong note. Um, a few double doubles mixed in as well as tonight's, uh, really, really huge on the boards tonight. I mean, we know that's the story with UNC coming in all the time is that, you know, they're one of the the leaders in the country and rebounding still second in the country this year. I know we all know UNC's down, but they, they still have those bigs up front. Uh, they still make it difficult. And of course, Syracuse plays the zone. So that's obviously a tough matchup, but, uh, Sadibe huge tonight with a double double, um, as you mentioned, you know, just a great, great story to close the year. And I think Syracuse fans can feel a little bit more confident about that center position going forward. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens if they can make a, a roster addition here this summer um, going forward. But, you know, obviously, if you have Brahma back for another year and he picks up where he left off, you're feeling a lot better about that. And then you get Jesse Edwards, uh, presumably another year better, another year stronger. And then John Bolajack in the mix as well. So, uh, if you're a Syracuse fan, I think you feel a little bit more comfortable about that position uh, at this point of the year than you did a month ago. What happened with UNC this year? Like, Roy Williams again at halftime. Like, that was the worst half I ever coached. Like, just ripping into his talent oh, all year. Game. Every single game, it's this is the worst thing that's ever happened to them. And it's true. Like, this is the worst season in North Carolina history. And we thought when Cole Anthony got back and they got a little health and connectiveness late in the season, they'd start to resemble the team that was picked second in the conference, right? They were second in the preseason poll. They were at least top three. 
And they did. They they broke off some massive wins. They smoked Syracuse at the Dome. I think that's why basically all of us picked UNC in this game. It didn't look like Hughes could hang with them. Not only that, yesterday they just completely dismantled Virginia Tech. But again here, massive stretches in this game where their offense looked dysfunctional. Anthony couldn't get going as he has for much of the season. I think he ended the season below 40% from the field. Something beyond the injuries and talent gap hit that team this year. And all along, the Syracuse were struggling through their worst start under Bayheim early on and then the inconsistency in the conference. You looked at North Carolina and just said, at least we're not them. Well, you know, I'm not on the UNC beat, so I don't have any insider information or anything like that, obviously. But uh, certainly not the year that North Carolina was expecting to have. Uh, really, you know, hurt, hurt by injuries throughout. Not just the Cole Anthony, but obviously losing him for, for a while is going to hurt you. Um, yeah, Roy Williams has entered, like, this fugue state where, like, every time he feels the need to say, I just – I dug him, I don't have it. It's the worst coaching performance I ever – like – like, dude, just like give give up the shtick, man. Like, you don't you don't have to come out and say the same thing every time. But I just I just think that he legitimately doesn't know what to say anymore. He doesn't know how to respond, other than just you're not tuned into UNC much. But do you interact with enough people online at least to see if he gets the Bayheim treatment? What in in what in what context? Fire Bayheim through the work stretches, like is. Oh no, I mean, like I'll see stuff on like. Yeah, I mean, I think every fan base is like that a little bit, you know, overreactionary. Um, I don't know if it's to the same level as it is with Jim, and like, I don't, I don't pay attention as much to UNC obviously as I do with the Syracuse fan base. But uh, you definitely do see it, you know, you definitely do see the overreactionary responses. Like in January, you could have went back, and you know, there's there's some similarities there. I think UNC fans, but you're, you're dealing with a blue blood. I mean, I think at the end of the day, people know that. Uh, whatever whatever happens here, like UNC is going to bounce back. I don't think you have the same sort of degree of certainty with, with Syracuse. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously not the season they were hoping to have. Uh, a really tough, you know, dangerous matchup as the number 14. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's off to Syracuse, man. I mean, that's, that's a really good win. So, as we know, if the game goes on tomorrow, Louisville-Syracuse, 9 o'clock. The winner's going to move on to the semifinals. There's, of course, an automatic bid online here. And it, there was a time when we were saying, Syracuse, that path, it's the ACC tournament. And we're still not there yet because this technically no. was the worst team in the ACC that they got <laughs> past here. Even though you never truly believed it with the name that was uh, marking that 14th spot. So... We'll see if this moves on tomorrow. I mean, everything is just moving so rapidly right now. Bayheim got asked about it in the locker room, apparently. Matthew Gutierrez heard some ACC people talking about contingency plans in case this does get shut down tomorrow. There's already a plan in place to have no fans in the stadium, as we've talked about. So this just puts Syracuse in such a weird place. And like I know we're not medical experts here. I know we don't have the authority to talk on whether this should be or shouldn't move on. But ultimately, you see what the other leagues are doing. Um, The NHL, the NBA, likely very quickly moving without fans. The NBA, of course, is shut down for the season at this point. But the NHL, I have to imagine, is going to move on without fans if they move on at all. It just doesn't feel like this is going to continue. Like The way things move today... um, Things are being talked about. Even Jim Beheim saying after the game, like, we're just going to accept whatever they say is best to do now. 
Like this, this really just doesn't yeah. feel like it. And like Beheim especially, a guy in his seventies, you know, this like adversely affects the elderly population. Like you know, never mind anybody in the stands or family members or anything like that. Like him alone, you got to look at it and just say like, just err on the side of caution here. Try to find some normalcy as a nation, as a sporting community, and take it from there. Because the worst thing you want to see is what happened in Nebraska today. Did you see Fred Hoiberg coming down with an illness before the game? And, like, that was just horrible. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, I, I mean, not to not to speculate too much. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the league came out tomorrow and just, you know, said we're not going to go with games moving forward. But, you know, I, I hope they do. Um, you know, it's certainly a tricky thing because you don't want to – uh, you, you don't you want to err on the side of caution with these sorts of things. You don't want something to come out and um, you know have the damage be done and, and look back and say, oh well, what could we have done? Um, but but at the same breath, you know, like selfishly as a college hoops fan, like I, I hope it I hope it does go on because you want to see these players play. You want to see these guys get their moment um, and go forward with a tournament that you know people look forward to all year. Obviously, everybody's looking forward to the NCAA tournament, but um, you know you do look forward to the conference tournaments in a way. Um, it's, it's it's exciting, and um, you know it's you don't want to be robbed of that. But uh, at the same time, we do have something serious going on, and um, you know we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what comes of it. And like for my perspective, I mean the like I cover the Celtics, and they're done now. Like the, just to see. All the conversation around them, whether it be like... Well, it's it's postponed, right? The NBA is postponed. It's not canceled. It's postponed, but Chris Mannix, who covers the league, went on today and said that he, there's a feeling around the league that it's not going to be picked up in the near future. I mean, of course, they're going to view this over the next two weeks. Um, yeah, it's still fluid. We'll see what changes come about. It's extremely fluid, as with Syracuse. And that's something we didn't even mention, is that Syracuse is dismissing classes until at least March 30th, and they're going to take it from there, which is its own other issue. Like, There's already students heading back to campus from abroad, where Italy is just in a state of crisis right now over this. The whole country shut down, and Syracuse, of course, has an abroad program there. Madrid had just shut down, and you have students apparently, according to the DO report, being back there, and... Syracuse just having to scramble to handle that situation. Like they're tracking these kids' ID cards to see if they're actually on campus. There's no certainty if they are or not. But that's the kind of situation we're rolling with right now, where we have a disease that isn't affecting people like you or me, and it's certainly not affecting children, apparently. But anybody can be an incubator of this. And then when you get in contact with someone who's older, as we talked about, and has some autoimmunity issues. This just becomes a very dangerous situation that no one seems to have any tabs on. Like, we don't know how many people in the country have it. It's it's crazy how this just went from being another flu like a week or two ago to being something that the country doesn't even seem to know how to handle. 
Yeah, if you're looking for information on the coronavirus, I suggest you stop listening to this podcast, stop listening to me and Bobby, and go listen to, to somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. Um, but in, in the context of, you know, basketball and, and where we are now, you know, I mean, it just seems like everything's moving at a rapid pace. Um, NCAA tournament, you know, obviously Mark Emmer came out today and said no fans in the NCAA tournament. They're going to look to move the Final Four. Um, you know, as, as we mentioned today, the ACC sort of followed in suit of uh, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and, you know, said no, no more fans going forward. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see if, you know, the other leagues, um, you know, did, did the same going forward. Think about the Big East and the, the Pac-12. I don't know if they came out with anything yet, but um, wouldn't be surprised to see those guys follow suit. So um, everything's fluid, you, you know, at this point. Um, we, we don't really know what's going to happen for sure, but as of right now, we, we – think the games are you know they look like they're going to they're going to be played we don't know until tomorrow until 9 30 there's going to be a decision made there it sounds like and um, we'll go from there we'll pick it up one one step at a time for sure and this nba thing is still so crazy to me they the first moves they made was to get the reporters out of there they had to get the reporters out of there keep them 10 feet away <laughs> you had scalabrini interviewing brad stevens last night like reaching across with his whole wingspan trying to get the microphone in his face and now today the thing that sets everything off is a player who this video of rubbing his hands all over the reporters phones kind of making fun of like the precautions that they were going through and a day later that guy gets diagnosed with coronavirus like you can't can't make up that. any of this stuff yeah. and <laughs> Can't be doing that, man. It was just absurd. Like, and now what becomes of that? Like, this is insane. Like, I, I sat in the library today all day trying to get an article done for um, my job that I'm doing here, covering some of the local sports, and I was just locked into my phone all day. And like four o'clock became eight o'clock, like nothing. Like, just how fast the news was moving. The Ivy League canceled the tournament yesterday i think like it's so hard to tell when everything happened at this point because in a matter of day the whole sports world just kind of unraveled and fortunately like i said at the beginning of the show syracuse was in a place where they couldn't keep the fans out they were already lined up when all this went down and the game was going to go on no matter what and i was definitely savoring every single minute of that game because who knows what's going to happen in the next day. By 9.30 tomorrow, you say they're going to make that decision. And if we do get a game, it's going to be a monster against Louisville. This, of course, we talked about today being the best game that Syracuse had played all season. Louisville was certainly the worst. It, now, and this this is where like the matchup gets tricky for Syracuse. Obviously, we know UNC is a very tough matchup, but Syracuse handles business. On the other side, I think you would have been more comfortable with any other team but Louisville, just through the lens of, you know, Syracuse played Florida State close on the road. Uh, granted, they didn't have Devin Vassell in that game. He sat out that one. Uh, but granted, you know, still on the road, and Syracuse played Florida State close. Uh, Duke was played somewhat close at home, and they beat Virginia at their place. So I think with any any of those guys, you would have been at least somewhat more comfortable then Louisville, who Syracuse lost by, I think it was either 24 or 26, I can't remember, uh, but got completely run off the floor in the second half. So, uh, of the you know the teams with the double buys, I think that's the least <laughs> the least favorable one for Syracuse. But hey, you know they got it done tonight against UNC in a game that not many people thought they would get it done in. And um, if they they can continue playing the way they played tonight, 
uh, maybe we're looking at a different game. But, you know, based on the previous game we saw with Syracuse and Louisville and how they played tonight, let's let's say that that game does happen, Bobby. What what do you expect to happen? I think the one source of hope for Syracuse is Elijah is playing his peak game right now. And I thought he was fantastic on both ends of the court in this one. And and we forgot about Miami as they fell apart defensively toward the downstretch of that game, how important he is to this team's defense. Like, he's just been the saving grace on that end in a very rough unit at the four other spots all season long. And he made a big difference in this one, too, I thought. And I'm thinking of Louisville's roster. Like, Malik Williams made a massive difference on the offensive boards. And Jordan Nawara is certainly an ACC Player of the Year contender looking back on it. Mm-hmm. But he's inconsistent, far more inconsistent than Hughes has been all season long. I think there's a way in which Elijah scores 25 to 30 points that Syracuse can hang around in this one. Um, they they have a very tough pressure defense in Louisville. They certainly handled the transition attack really well, which is where Syracuse gets a ton of his points. They did it again in this one. So it's definitely hard to see a path to them competing in this one. But they're going to have the best player on the floor, I feel like. And if Hughes can get into that zone, like we think about playing back-to-back-to-back as a tough thing to do in terms of like physical uh, hold-up, but it also does allow you to get into the zone if you're a player who's thriving, much like Kemba Walker did back in the day, that you can carry that performance from day-to-day-to-day. And Louisville's going to have a handful with him. Like I think him, I think this team realize that they're coming up against it. And they all reached a new level in this one. Like, when was the last time Marek played the way he did in this one? It feels like it's been about three weeks now since we saw him scoring double figures and being as active as he was in this one. The the first half against Miami. <laughs> and then he he played well in the first half. I mean, he kind of went to that spin move. He had, uh, I think he, he, he didn't end up in double figures, but I think he had like nine in the first half or seven in the first half or something like that. Um, he scored the first four points of the game. So, but uh, definitely good to see him. You know, put together a better performance. He did have the missed dunk tonight, but other than that, he played a really solid game. Um, Louisville is tricky, as you mentioned. You know, I mean, I think they got it done from a variety of guys. Um, really, really got it done with their defense, the pressure, as you mentioned, and then I think War- Jordan Wara had 17 in that game. Um, Malik Williams had like 14, Dwayne Sutton got going. He was in like double digits. But like one of the keys too is like you can't let Ryan McMahon get looks. I think they did a better job on him in the second half. But I mean, the second half didn't even, you could just throw that away kind of just based on the way that the game went. But in the first half, they let him get going. They let him get looks. Um, You know, same sort of story in Miami is like Syracuse is letting DJ Vasilovich get looks from three. Uh, The guards really have to do a better job on getting out and taking away those shooters. Um, but yeah, you know, as, as you mentioned, I think Louisville plays that pressure D, uh, so Syracuse is really going to have to take care of that. And then, and then they do have the best player on the floor, at least in my opinion. I mean, I agree with you there. I think, I think Elijah is a better complete player than, than Nora. Does a layoff hurt Louisville, you think? That's another thing that could maybe lean in Syracuse's Rust direction. Rust, baby. We're talking Saturday to... Thursday with them now I mean that's that's something and they just took a tough loss to Virginia I don't think they closed the season playing particularly great basketball but again it's all about the matchup and it's not a great one for Syracuse like it feels like Louisville does everything well that Syracuse can't afford to face whether it be the offensive rebounding that they have 
the transition defense they have is among the best in the sport. And, of course, shooters, plenty of them going around, whether it's McMahon or Sutton, who really tortured Syracuse in that game as well. I, I don't see it, but again, I, I picked UNC by like 16 when we predicted this game today. So, like, who knows what's going to happen. I'm probably going to pick Louisville by at least 10 in this one. Mm-hmm. But again, I'll just be happy to see the game go on in general. Yeah, I mean, I would pick Louisville to win as well, just based on how the last game went. And, you know, hey, I mean, we were wrong tonight. Who knows? We could be wrong again tomorrow if this game does get played. Um, but we'll see. I mean, as you mentioned, you know, they didn't really close the, the season strong. They lost uh, to Virginia. They did beat Virginia Tech and then lost to, to Florida State the game before. Now, granted, those aren't, you know, two slouches. Those are two good teams. But, um, yeah, going going forward tomorrow, if the game does get played, you know, I think I would still lean towards Louisville. And I was looking at the numbers a bit tonight. Ken Palm does predict a 75 to 70 Louisville win over Syracuse. So, mm. um, but take, take that for what it's worth. Bodes well. And that game was in Louisville. I will admit that is one of the tougher road venues to play in the ACC. I, I don't think it was particularly loud that night for some reason, probably because it was over by halftime. <laughs> but um, in general, I think that's a really tough place to play. Syracuse, of course, won there last year. It's one of their key victories in getting into March. Um, so, that, you know, they've been able to handle that in the past, but I think it will be a little bit of a benefit to be on a neutral site with no fans, as we know, if this game does go on. So there'll be no crowd impact. What do you think that experience is going to be like if we do end up getting to see it? There's obviously going to be a lot of squeaking. We're going to hear the swish of the basket. Uh, We'll hear yells and probably Bayheim complaining, which is going to be interesting too. I don't think we've ever heard what he's actually saying to the refs. And I'm guessing even with no fans, he's not going to tone that down much. It's, It's going to be like NBA Summer League before NBA Summer League got good. And it's going to be played in like just empty gyms. But it's weird, though. It's going to be like it's going to have like a high school basketball feel, but in a big arena. And it's just going to be awkward. It's just going to be dead silence. It's going to feel like a scrimmage. Uh, and it's it's going to be weird not to have like fan reactions. I mean, I mean, we don't really think about that too much because we're always watching the game or we're, we're, we're in tune with what the players are doing. But just think of, think about that for a second. I mean, think about how it used to we are having like a big crowd and reactions and you know like if a ref makes a bad call there's going to be no reaction uh you know so i think that's something you could lose and then even when you think about teams going on a run uh you lose that momentum or uh you know fans chanting like tonight we heard let's go orange chance break out a little bit you know you're, you're not going to hear that so it's it's going to be different man it's it's going to be really weird i mean if, if these games do get played going forward um, it's going to be something completely different that I don't think we've really ever seen or experienced before. And you talk about when you get years and years away from this year, if these games do get played, this is always going to be remembered as like that one season where that one virus struck and no fans were at the NCAA tournament or the ACC tournament or what, what have you. We're, we're living through one of the weirdest times ever, especially when you look at this year from a Syracuse student perspective, and obviously my class is going out this spring. Who knows if there'll be a graduation ceremony at this point, but we're talking about, like, even just think about it for Elijah Hughes. He comes into Syracuse two years ago, doesn't play the first year. He's kind of the third or fourth guy on the team last year. 
And now this year, he's in the locker room answering questions about a mass protest on campus and a global health crisis. So things really went like 0 to 100 for him, if you think of anybody who's in the Syracuse class right now. And then uh, on my end, like it's like everybody's in the group chat saying, are we going to go back? Are we not going to? And there really just isn't a widespread level of understanding about why any of this is happening either. And there's a number of reasons for that that we can get into. But again, turbulent year on campus. We got the dome shutting down. We have them dealing with this, the protest, everything else that's happened there. It's It's been one of the more interesting years and a very interesting history for the school. Yeah, no doubt. And I think if you're a Syracuse fan, like if you're if you're picking one year, for this to happen. I mean, I guess you're kind of happy it's this one. Like, I mean, I kind of said in the chat earlier, like this is before the ACC tournament stuff came out, but I just kind of said, you know, I, if, there, if there was one year for the NCAA tournament to not have fans, I guess it might as well be this one. In a year where like Penn State and Rutgers are going to the tournament, um, you got like San Diego State and Dayton as potential top seeds in the tournament. Like, if you're going to have, like, the coronavirus strike and it's going to limit fans from going to the games, like, it might as well be in a year when college basketball has just had a, a really bad, you know, down year overall. <laughs> that is true. It was fitting that it was this season that this happened to. And, you know, plenty of teams tonight even are just like, all right, we're happy to get this season over with because it was just so wacky. Colgate sure. loses tonight, so their season's over. Uh, quite a few other bubbles burst tonight. I believe Stanford's is pretty burst after losing to Cal by 12. And Xavier losing to DePaul. Like there, there were a number of bubbles burst if Selection Sunday is even going to end up mattering on Sunday. That bubble is going to get a little more wacky. And uh, you know our friends in Georgetown are not going to be dancing either. So that will give Syracuse fans some solace as well. Um, <laughs> what does tomorrow have in store for you, James? I know I'm going to wake up tomorrow and just be like kind of waiting for work to give me a little go ahead. Like, you know, <laughs> I, just, I, I don't even know what I'm going to end up doing tomorrow. Hey, man, uh, grind doesn't stop for me. I'm up in five hours. Uh, we'll get to it. We'll get up. We'll get some breakfast. Uh, we'll get in the office, go about the day as, as normal and uh, get through it. We've got a lot, lot to accomplish, a lot to do. Um, so it, it doesn't stop for me, man. It's, any any subway precautions? I know that's probably your mode of uh, transportation. No, I mean the only the only thing that's changed. I mean it, it has changed for me a little bit in that I'm I'm definitely more cautious about washing my hands. I got the hand sanitizer. Um, I've wiped down my desk. You know my Bloomberg, my my keyboard. That had been something you had been doing for a while. I saw. Yeah, but now it's it's more frequent, so I'm just making sure that I do it, you know, before I eat. Um, I'll, you know, I do it when I'll, I'll do the hand sanitizer when I get in, uh, before I eat lunch, and then before I leave. So I'm just I'm just trying to take like those precautions and, and do everything that way. But you know, for for the most part, I'm just I'm going about my day, man. I mean, if if I get it, I get it. Um, you try to prevent everything as much as you can, but. Um, otherwise, you, you got to go out and you, you got to live your life. You can't you can't live in fear. You can't let it control you. So you just got to kind of go out and uh, handle everything the best you can, and then hope for the best. And with that, we have a show, and hopefully, we'll have more games to talk about next time you hear from us here on this podcast. In the meantime, stay tuned for that decision early tomorrow morning about whether those games will go off tomorrow, and if they do, Louisville, Syracuse, nine o'clock, ESPN. 
We'll be joining you then at noonsmagician.com. See you, everybody.